today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith But we live for what? Eternity. We're not living merely for the few days that our life exists in this present world. We're living rather for eternity. Contributions are always registered in heaven. The difference we make is not always apparent on earth, but God knows. God keeps the register. Reaching up high with arms open wide, we see. You're changing our lives so we can be our heads and Sometimes we may come to a place where we feel pointless. We may be doing things that we felt God placed on our heart, yet we're not seeing any results or recognition. Pastor Ed tells us today that we need to see the world from God's perspective and not the world's perspective. This applies to every aspect of our daily lives. Man's definition of value functions differently than God's. Once you fully realize that this life is but a small blip, preparing you for eternity with God, everything will change. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's message. Building in faith. We're going to stand together and I'm going to go back to the ninth chapter. We taught on verses 11 and 12 last week. It was part of the text that we used, but we're going to go start there again, 11 and 12, but take a little different perspective on those verses. And I'm going to read from the message paraphrase of the Bible. The message really, again, communicates some of the nuances that I think the biblical author is endeavoring to communicate Uh, Sometimes Eugene Peterson may take it a little too far, but I think it generally is is communicating well what the Scripture is endeavoring to communicate in our idiom, in our language. So uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verses 11, all the way to 10-2. I took another walk around the neighborhood and realized that on this earth, as it is, the race is not always to the swift nor the battle to the strong, nor satisfaction to the wise, nor riches to the smart, nor grace to the learned. Sooner or later, bad luck hits us all. No one can predict misfortune. Like fish caught in the cruel net or birds in a trap, so men and women are caught by accidents, evil and sudden. One day I was observing how wisdom fares on this earth. I saw something that made me sit up and take notice. There was a small town with only a few people in it, a strong king, and a mounted an attack building trenches and attack posts around it. There was a poor but wise man in the town whose wisdom saved the town. But he was promptly forgotten. He was only a poor man after all. All the same... I still say that wisdom is better than muscle. Even though a wise poor man was treated with contempt and soon forgotten, the quiet words of the wise 
are more effective than the ranting of a king of fools. Wisdom is better than warheads, but one hothead can ruin the good earth. Dead flies and perfume make it stink, and a little foolishness decomposes much wisdom. Wise thinking leads to right living. Stupid thinking leads to wrong living. Life is unpredictable. Let's pray. Father, speak through your word to us. May it shape us. May it enable us to live our lives in this present world the way you want us to live. Grant it in the holy name of the one we love. In his name, the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. One of the big problems that all of us have is handling the difficulties of life. The things that happen that are sudden and throw us off. What we have to do is learn to look at life in the right way, not the wrong way. We could look at life according to the American dream. Everybody should be healthy, wealthy, rich, and wise, and etc. Or we could push aside the cultural norms and take the biblical perspective and look at life through the eyes and through the lens of Scripture. Looking at life through the eyes, the lens of Scripture will enable us to keep God at the center. Now, it was A.W. Tozer who said, the whole course of the life is upset by failure to put God where he belongs. If we don't put God where he belongs in our life, we wind up going through life with a lot of bumps, bruises, and hurts that we normally wouldn't have to have. But if we embrace the cultural perspective, the cultural view on what life should yield us and how life should be, we'll be filled with disappointments and be disillusioned. Remember the old hymn, I don't know about tomorrow, but I know who holds tomorrow, and I know who holds my hand? That has to be our perspective, because things can change rapidly in a moment, unexpectedly. Back in August 2001, in Time magazine, they had a column. And in that column in uh, Time magazine, they had winners and losers. And under the list of losers, they had this man, and they stated, who would want to be this guy? And this is what they said. He's suffering from crumbling health, a crumbling marriage, and a crumbling political career. August 2001 in Time magazine. A few weeks later, the whole perspective completely changed. In Time magazine, they said he was the mayor of the world, a tower of strength. That was, remember who? Rudy Giuliani. He was the mayor of New York. A couple of weeks before 9-11, they thought he was a failure. 
After 9-11, they thought, this man is the mayor of the world. And in 2001, they named him uh, the person of the year. Things can change very, very quickly. Let me ask you another question. Would you like to be Donald Peters? Now, for 20 years, Donald Peters did what none of you would do. He bought lottery tickets. And um, what he did was he consistently, every year for 20 years, every day, go and buy lottery tickets. But on 2008, November 1st, in Connecticut, he bought two lottery tickets. One of them was a winner. $10 million. Now, he never got to enjoy it because he had a heart attack that day. (laughs) We don't know. Life is uncertain. The only thing certain about life, it's uncertain. And the only thing certain about this life is that we could put our trust and our hope in God alone. He is our certain trust. And so what's going to happen in this text is he's going to help us to have a grid, a perspective on how we should look at life. And in verses 9 and 12, he says, the most qualified don't always succeed in life. I have seen something else under the sun. The race is not to the swift or the battle to the strong, nor does food come to the wise or wealth to the brilliant or favor to the learned. But time and chance happens to them all. Now, there's a downside to that, and there's an upside to it. The downside is this. Well, there are times that the best people don't succeed. A boxer is in the ring, and the judges have been bribed, and he loses the fight. The most prepared and strongest don't win the battle. And a weaker army wins. Now, that's the story of the 20th century for so many nations. Think of Afghanistan. Think of Vietnam. You could go on and on. It's not necessarily the strongest, the most powerful that win the battle. Uh, the most intelligent, the most capable, don't always succeed in their endeavors. Life just doesn't work the way you think it should work. But there's an upside to it. Now, here's the upside to it. You don't have to be at the top of your graduating class to be a success. You don't have to be the most handsome or beautiful person to have a a good marriage. You don't have to be the most educated person to mean that you'll be successful. What actually it does is levels the playing field. I'll say it again. What it actually does is it levels the playing field. So you could still be a winner and maybe you're not the fastest, you're not the smartest, you're not the best looking, but you still could do well. This text is telling us something else too. That Life is unpredictable. Change 
happens. Uncertainty happens. I, I know we had a wonderful district council here, and I enjoyed so much the ordination service where three of our pastors were ordained into the ministry. Well, in the Pendell district, Pennsylvania, Delaware, Lynn received her ordination. Her husband, Brian, her pastors. In fact, he was the assistant, he is the assistant superintendent of the Pennsylvania Delaware District, and he pastors a church in Reading, a tremendously effective church reaching thousands of people. Well, last week on Sunday night at six o'clock, Brian and Lynn were driving their motorcycle, and a van crossed over into their lane and hit them head on. Lynn, his wife, was instantly killed. Brian lost his leg, wounded and hurt. He's still in the hospital. They don't know the prognosis yet of all the recovery. There's a man of God. There's a woman of God. Loving God, reaching people, reaching the lost. And suddenly, life turns around on them. It's right in the text. It's right in the word. Here it is. People can never predict when hard times might come. Like fish in a net or birds in a trap. Fish doesn't know it's going to be caught. Bird doesn't know there's a trap set for it. People are caught by sudden tragedy. The reality that this life is filled with uncertainty. It's filled with things that you don't fully understand. But that doesn't mean that we live and walk through life with insecurity. We do not take the perspective of the world. We take a biblical perspective that says that God is with us. And no matter what happens, God is bigger than those circumstances. Now, I I came across a prayer that I'd like to just plug in at this point. It's a prayer that was prayed centuries ago, and we could pray it today. It says this, I have only today. My life is an instant an hour which passes by, life is a moment which I have no power to stay. You know, oh my God, to love you here on earth, I have only today. We're not guaranteed tomorrow, but again, in this uncertain world, God is a certainty. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So I can trust him. If this world were all there was, I would walk with a sense of panic. But because this world is just a short, brief moment into eternity, which is forever and ever and ever. Listen to what Proverbs says, because it confirms verse 11 in chapter 9. Listen to these verses of scripture. The horse is made ready for the day of battle, but victory rests with the Lord. It's not the strongest that wins. In Proverbs 16.1, to man belongs the plans of the heart, but from the Lord comes the reply of the tongue. Verse 9, in his heart a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. Many are the plans in a man's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. It's the Lord's purpose that prevails. We do not live by explanations. We live by promises. We do not live by explanations. We live 
by promises. I was talking to Jimmy just briefly before service, and he was sharing some good biblical principles and and, and scriptures with me that he's been meditating on during this time of difficulty. And I think all of us should do that. We soak in the word, and the word soaks in us. We ought to do that. We ought to live on the promises. But the greatest promise is, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Lo, I'm with you always. Now, I know all of us should and do feel bad for those 13 Coptic Christians who were beheaded in Egypt. But I want you to stop and think. Do you think now they feel bad for themselves? They're receiving a martyr's crown. They're with that number in the book of Revelation who have been martyred for the cause of Christ. We see it from our culture and from the earth's perspective. But if we were to look at it from God's perspective, it's so much different. And that's what the scripture is trying to teach us. That's what Solomon is trying to say. Look, in life, you're going to see inequalities. The most qualified don't always succeed. There's a downside to it. There's an upside to it. But, but, but trust in God, because the one certainty that you have is God is faithful. Now, Solomon takes us again, and he tells us that the wise aren't always rewarded in this life. In verse 15, now there lived in the city of poor, a man poor but wise. He saved the city by his wisdom, but nobody remembered that poor man. Wow, a great deed. Lives were saved. A future was secured. But nobody acknowledged, remembered. Contributions aren't always recognized here on earth. So you have a great idea, and it makes a difference at the job, and your boss takes credit for it. So you go the second mile with someone and give them grace after grace. And then they don't even know you. Credit isn't always given here on earth. But we live for, but we live for, let me try that again. But we live for what? Eternity. We're not living merely for the few days that our life exists in this present world. We're living rather for eternity. Contributions are always registered in heaven. The difference we make is not always apparent on earth, but God knows. God keeps the register. He keeps the record. He knows and he remembers. And that's what all of us are living for. So don't be bent out of shape. Now, there are many people who work and do and serve, and their names are never mentioned, never recognized. But there is a God in heaven who sees the gift that you gave, who sees the helping hand you lent, who sees the extra mile you've gone, who sees what you did and what you do. Your contribution, it's registered in heaven's book. Then he takes us to another truth about wisdom. Remember, life is unpredictable. But wisdom is important to have because it helps you to navigate through it. It doesn't guarantee always that you'll get through it 
unscarred. But I want you to see here that the counsel of the wise can be nullified in life. In verse 18 to 10-2, and the New Living Translation catches the flow of thought that is contained. There's a flow of thought contained in these verses. They're not separate, just little proverbs. Better to have wisdom than weapons of war. But one sinner can destroy much that is good. A dead fly causes even a bottle of perfume to stink. So a little foolishness spoils great wisdom and honor. A wise person chooses the right road. A fool takes the wrong one. Now, what he's saying here is wisdom, in the first part, is better than tanks. It's better than bazookas. It's better than machine guns. The anger of man does not accomplish the righteousness of God. And he tells us wisdom can make a difference. When we walk in wisdom, our life's journey will be better. How many of you have experienced things and you just go through it and you say, oh my. And then the aha light goes on and you say, that's of my own making. I created that problem myself. That happened to anybody here? Oh, a couple of you. All right. <laughs> I think there's more than that. How, all right, let me ask you this way. How many of you know people who come to you and say, I'm having a terrible time. Things are going rough. Everything's going wrong. And why is this happening to me? And you want to just stop and say, well, do you remember what you did? <laughs> do you remember? Much of our suffering is self-inflicted. Not all of it, but much of it is. And when we walk in wisdom, part of wisdom is, is fearing God, having a deep reverence for God, and then knowing the scriptures, knowing the word of God, his mind, his heart, and then knowing ourselves. So you put that those three components into the idea of wisdom, knowing God, knowing his word, knowing yourself. And you will make wiser, better choices. I think about uh, someone who says, you know, I wish I had a lot more of income. Well, maybe if you spent a lot less money. I think about what the scripture is saying here in the text. It says, but one sinner can destroy much that is good. Think about that, what the text says. Um, we don't want to go the way of the world. We want to go God's way. And that leads us not to the next point. Wisdom will not get a hearing. It doesn't always get a hearing. It's difficult sometimes when wisdom's crying out and people just don't listen. Look at our culture. I mean, what an illustration. Now, don't understand, misunderstand what I'm going to say, but listen very carefully. Our nation is calling good evil and evil good. We have it all mixed up. I think about the ruling of politicians and judges in terms of gay marriage. Now, we have to love everybody and we have to be compassionate towards people. We have to be like the Good Samaritan to a a hurting, broken world with compassion reaching out to people. 
That's all we have time for today on Building in Faith Radio and invite you to join us again. In the meantime, we'd love to keep in touch with you. Our phone number is 845-462-5955. We're here to join with you in prayer for whatever is going on in your life or to answer any questions you may have about how you could have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That phone number again is 845-462-5955. Be sure to check out our website as well at buildinginfaithradio.com. There, you'll find messages from previous series available to encourage you in your walk with Jesus. We know that God is using the Building in Faith radio ministry to spread the good news of the gospel, but we encourage you to not let this be your only source for spiritual guidance. Reading the Bible, prayer, and fellowship with other believers are all extremely beneficial to anyone who wishes to grow closer to God. By getting plugged in with a local church, you'll also be able to bless others by sharing your unique gifts. If you're in the Poughkeepsie, New York area and don't have a church family, we welcome you to join us here at Faith Assembly. For location information, service times, and a calendar of other great upcoming events, visit our website at buildinginfaithradio.com and click on Back to Home page. That's all we have time for today, but join us next time right here on Building in Faith Radio as Pastor Ed continues to dig deeper into the pages of Ecclesiastes. Your word restores.